0: news i got one thing and one thing to say for this segment of quick hits. quick hits patrick mahomes has been cleared to play on sunday what i mean the dude just came off the field on this past sunday not knowing where he was not knowing what time it was not knowing what was going on and he looked like he was 75 years In the future, taking place an event in the past, like I just don't get it. I mean, the way he was jiggling and shaking and just like spacey, I I just can't believe that he got cleared to play. And with him getting cleared to play, you can obviously expect him to start. I highly, highly, highly doubt that he'll be playing a backup role to Chad Henney as a worst case scenario kind of thing, kind of like what the Broncos did with. The um, last year, Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler kind of going back and forth between the two of them. Who sucked less that day was going to be the starting quarterback for that game. But um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes cleared to play. That's really the only thing I have for uh, this segment of quick hits. Quick hits. And I'm just want to, I just want to jump into the topic box. Honestly, I mean, I feel like oh, I gotta get him. Okay, I feel like I should uh, bang out a couple of these. I know, right? It feels so weird just to dive right into this this podcast episode, but just hit my boom arm. But um, yeah, here we go. All right, do do do. Oh my goodness! Patriots options at quarterback. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. Um, do you guys really want me to talk about this again? I'll go super quick with this. So I'm not going to discuss about the draft because I feel like I've talked about that. A gazillion times and i feel like that's just something that i don't need to repeat myself with i need this ad to go away so i can see the screen better oh no i don't want the ad i hate when they do that you click the little exit button and they're like ha 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 you just opened it anyways so i'm going to look at the free agent quarterbacks that are currently in the nfl this year so i'm going to exclude any potential rookie draft selections for this upcoming nfl draft and i'm only going to look at current quarterbacks that were playing this past NFL season. And right off the bat, we have Dak Prescott. And there's been some conversations that the Cowboys might bring him back, the Cowboys might not bring him back. It's just a type of thing where, what is his value gonna be? How much is he gonna get paid for? Are the Cowboys even gonna pay that? Because you know they are already investing money in Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. Do they really want to invest more money into Dak Prescott? Could they hit him again with the franchise tag? Absolutely, being the second year, and we've seen that before with uh, the Washington Football Team, then the Redskins doing it with Kirk Cousins. Is it time that Dak gets the bag? He's coming off a massive injury um, to his ankle, lower leg. Oh, it was just disgusting. So, would it be smart to just franchise tag him and see where things go? That's probably be the smart move for the Cowboys. But it's just going to be very hard for a team to invest a lot of money into some guy that's coming off a serious leg injury and who is potentially not even worth it. Are the Cowboys better with Dak? Absolutely. Does that mean he's going to be a better quarterback for another team? No. Jacoby Brissett, uh, another good name. He He was a quarterback here for the Patriots a few years ago when it was Brady, him, and Garoppolo in the quarterback room. He was there for the... Super Bowl 51 run that the Patriots went on that year when they carried the three quarterbacks he additionally actually played in two games that year Um, when Brady was suspended he started the fourth game of Brady's suspension because Garoppolo got injured in the game prior which Brissett actually finished and quite frankly I thought he looked pretty good um, that was kind of when the mobile scramble quarterbacks were really starting to take over in the NFL and it was just something different and fresh for the Patriots that we hadn't seen at that time because we had Brady for all those years and he played pretty well. I mean, he finished one and one, um, like I said, finishing that game for, um, for Jimmy Garoppolo, And then he started that week four game against the Texans. That was an absolute blowout because they sucked and they always will. That's a story for another day though, but... I wouldn't mind seeing Jimmy, um, Jimmy, uh, Jacoby Brissett come back because he knows the system. He kind of fits the mold of what the Patriots want to do at that position. It seems like nowadays, does that mean that they want to go back to the more pocket style quarterback, where it's just kind of take the ball, drop back, throw it, kind of like a Mac Jones kind of player in the draft? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick can do that as well, who I'll just touch upon in a few moments, but. I wouldn't mind Jacoby Brissett. Like I said, he's got some experience. He's been in Indy for a couple of years. He was starter there last year, and he was the backup this year to Phillip Rivers. But now with Phillip Rivers announcing his retirement, the Colts could probably sign him back and be their quarterback for the next few years. Who knows? But I definitely wouldn't mind seeing Jacoby Brissett come back, uh, whether it's for a year or two or maybe something a little long-term. Who knows? Mitchell Trubisky, pass that's a just pass on him Ryan Fitzpatrick he's 39 years old is he gonna retire is the Dol- Are the Dolphins gonna bring him back and kind of wait on Tua a little bit more that's yet to um be foreseen are the Dolphins even gonna trade Tua maybe get Deshaun Watson or just trade Tua r- straight up who knows but Fitzpatrick 39 obviously not the long-term answer at quarterback um even if he stays in the league one more year, I just don't see him playing anywhere else other than Miami. Tyrod Taylor. Now, this is an interesting one. I feel really bad for this guy because he came into the league as a backup. And then he got his chance to start in Buffalo. He gets injured. He gets replaced by uh, Josh Allen. Then he goes to Cleveland where he's the starter. Then he gets injured and he's getting replaced. Then he goes to um, Los Angeles Chargers. Signs to be the starter, then he gets injured, now he's replaced. So it's like, he's been kind of forgotten about, I'm not going to lie. And it's no fault to his own. I mean, I think he's a very good quarterback. He makes the plays, he doesn't make anything stupid, he um, can execute. He's just been with bad teams, and he was with the Bills when they sucked, he was with the Browns when they sucked, and I just don't think he got his legitimate chance to shine as an NFL starting quarterback. And yes, I know he had his time in Buffalo, But when he played up in Buffalo, he wasn't bad at all. Granted, the team sucked at the time, so his stats weren't um, translating to success. But throw him in the system, give him a couple weapons or two, and just kind of see what he can do to try to rejuvenate his career and even the Patriots' um, playoff hopes for 2021 because right now my hopes for them are very low. A.J. McCarron, uh, man, he's been bouncing around a little bit as a backup He's 31 years old. He had some promise coming out of college, but I'm all set with him. So pass Andy Dalton. He's gonna be 34. He he played pretty well with Dallas when he replaced Dak Prescott. Uh Dak Prescott, excuse me. And I know he was a little dinged up towards the end of the season, but he definitely you know, was a warrior. He definitely tried to ball out after getting released by the Bengals. And um, I think you know Andy Dalton could be a good quarterback somewhere else. He fills his role very, very, very well, which is. A experienced backup who can who can actually play if needed and when called to play he doesn't suck and I think that's exactly what almost every team in the NFL needs you either have an experienced starter and a young rookie backup or you have a young starting quarterback and experienced backup and Andy Dolan definitely filled that experienced role when Dak went down so do I want Andy Dolan as my starting quarterback in 2021 no thanks but a andy dalton like backup i can sign up for uh colt mccoy he's 35 he's um a bunch of memes going around him shining for the giants when they were trying to make the playoffs i'm all set with him nathan peterman pass rg3 pass matt barkley pass uh cam newton pass joe flacco um joe alito no i'm all set with him too he played for the jets this year didn't do anything he's a complete complete shell of himself this, this this list is so lackluster of free agent quarterbacks um ryan griffin mike lennon geno smith blaine gabbert Jameis winston i wouldn't mind seeing Jameis winston i think he'd be a really good um quarterback here in new england will the saints bring him back if drew Brees retires and probably because he knows that system down there but Jameis winston is 27 the former number one pick and he has a lot of talent he's got a big arm he has a turnover issue which hopefully maybe he corrected down in new orleans with drew Brees. but he's going to be interesting because if breeze comes back is Jameis winston coming back too or is he out the door for a one and done down there we're just gonna to have to see the whole Drew Brees situation and when it comes to Jameis Winston Brian Hoyer was the backup here this year I like him in the backup role that you know that kind of Andy Dolan thing where you don't suck too bad if he has to play um kind of that experience he knows the system after being under Brady even playing here for a little bit so second third string quarterback is all I'm looking for with Brian Hoyer Blake Bortles that's a hard pass um Yeah, this quarterback list, this free agent quarterback list is so, so lackluster. Oh my goodness. Okay, I have to be done. This is so bad. But overall, in terms of the free agent quarterback class for the 2021 offseason, there's not much to choose from. But if I'm going to pick three quarterbacks that I would like the Patriots to either bring in to compete for the job, if they go a different way with that 15th pick in the draft, or bring in as their actual starting quarterback Jacoby Brissett. No order here. This is no order. I'm just going off of this list where I'm looking at. Jacoby Brissett. Tyrod Taylor. Oh my god, that third one's so hard. Oh, that third one's so hard. Ugh. Andy Dalton, I guess. I mean, give me the red rifle. I mean, yeah, just I mean, if you have your if you have some spare time, look at this list. It's pretty gross. And you can kind of feel my pain on why I was struggling to give you three names. Uh, but okay so number two it has been all football on this podcast let me tell you and I'm, I'm not complaining because it's still football season and there's still a lot to talk about even with the patriots out of it but uh, goodness let's see what do we got Ooh, red sox season prediction over under gambling line okay so i did mention this Last episode that I do not condone gambling. I am not recommending gambling. I am not um, saying you should go gamble. I just like to look at the over/unders, the money line, the spread, just to kind of give you an idea, a prediction, uh, an outlook at the game at hand. And we're going to look at the Red Sox season as it stands right now on. January 22nd, their current over-under, if you were to bet on them right now, is stamped at a cool 77.5 wins. Wow. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty freaking bad if you tell me, and I'm just trying to scroll to see the World Series odds for the Red Sox, and it's 110-1, to so yeah, yikes. Every 110 World Series played, they will win one of them and they are projected over under 77 and a half wins. Um that's pretty accurate to be honest because they've done absolutely nothing to improve this team. They brought in no starting pitchers. They brought in no relief pitchers. They brought in no no big bats or no, you know, high contact hitters whether to be starters or you know reserve situational players. I mean, I know I kind of went on a rant before about the 2021 you know, Red Sox season outlook, but I, 77 and a half wins. I might have to hit the under on that one because they've done absolutely nothing to improve their, their team. And the Yankees got, uh, Corey Kluber, the Blue Jays just got Mike uh, on Michael Brantley, uh, George Springer, the, uh, the Rays are the defending American league champions, though they traded away their best pitcher, but they have a ton of prospects in return. So they're still a good team. Uh, Orioles are up and coming. They suck, but they showed a lot of promise last year in the short season. So can you expect them to make a, a move? Maybe not down the long stretch, but, you know, to be competitive over the course of the season, absolutely. And this is bearing a 162-game schedule. Could it be shortened due to COVID? Absolutely. Could there be a tons of games canceled because of COVID? Absolutely. But I'm looking at it as a full 162-game schedule And the Red Sox are over under 77 and a half. That is their current line. They are tied 19th in all of Major League Baseball with the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins. I mean, the Marlins showed a a good life last year too. I mean, they snuck into the playoffs. So, I mean, granted the field was expanded last year and teams were really able to make these, you know, hard sprints towards that finish line over course 60 games. But the Marlins, they've been bad for a few years, so they've been able to collect some young talent, having high draft picks. Is it their time to shine? Maybe. The Phillies, it feels like that they're trying to take the steps to be that team, but they're just so short in some aspect of the game. If they bring back JT Real Muto, could they, you know, their odds will pro- definitely go up um, in terms of the over under, but the Red Sox, they're just in the middle of nowhere. And is Cora the answer to get them back in competitive baseball? <sighs> I would hope, but I mean the, the manager doesn't doesn't make up for you know they should be probably like eighty seven and a half to be honest. I feel like that'd be a much more comfortable number, you know, if you're just a general sports fan or at least a, at least a general Red Sox fan. But in terms of betting, yeah, I'm I don't know. I mean everyone on the team had down years. JD. Xander Bogart, Raphael Devers, Benintendi, obviously. So if they bounce back, can they win you some games? Absolutely. But we had the same discussion last year when they, you know, lost Chris Sale and then Eduardo Rodriguez goes down with his little heart condition. Um, blessed that he's okay and he comes back healthier, um, regardless if he plays baseball ever again. But we found out that the Red Sox can't win games ten to 9, 11 to eight baseball isn't just one like that it's it's either you strike out a bunch of players or you hit a bunch of home runs and last year the Sox did neither and their pitching staff clearly can't win them games when they're trotting out um i don't know your team's favorite double a um, fourth uh, starting pitcher right when they're playing a critical game one against the yankees in yankee stadium i mean that's who they're jotting out there ryan weber And I don't even know because they were just all bums. 77 and a half. I just can't get over that number. That's so bad. That is so, so bad. Um, Just for fun, though, uh, if we want to look at the NL MVP odds, Mookie Betts is tied for third at 12 to 1. You had him. Mm, uh, Let's see. I'm just looking at some quick odds here. But, yeah, 77 and a half wins. Who has the best um, win total odds? Dodgers at 103.5, Yankees at 99, probably hammer the under on those. That's just so hard to do. That is just so hard to do. But (sighs) that's that's just, honestly, 77.5 is so disgusting. And as a diehard Red Sox fan, as a baseball purist, as a baseball lover, that's just so hard to wrap my head around because I hate seeing my team suck so bad. But it just leaves a more sour taste in your mouth when the team doesn't even attempt to get better. They don't even attempt to get better. So that is where the Red Sox stand in the world of Vegas. Um, if you're a betting person, hammer the under 77 and a half because I don't think they're going to be doing anything this year, at least because they've made zero efforts to get better. They're relying on Alex Cora the offense figuring itself out and they're going in the same mindset as they went in last year with the pitching staff is we'll just throw anybody out there and we'll just win 10 to 9 11 to 8 13 to 12 it don't matter we'll win no baseball doesn't is not played like that baseball is not won like that you need pitchers you need hitters. clearly the red sox are relying on their hitting but i don't know what they're relying on on the mound so i'm just going to jump into the next topic Zdeno Chara signing with the Washington Capitals. Whew. I did mention Chara a little bit on my little Bruins segment uh, a few days ago, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I just do want to mention that I thank Chara for everything he's done here in Boston over the past 14 years, I believe it was, being the captain, um, a great teammate, a great great leader. He helped us win a cup. He helped us get to two more. Um, Easily could have had a second cup Easily could have been to you know Four or five cups But the Bruins not wanting him back Because they wanted to be To give the younger guys ice time Is a respectable management move Is it a slap in the face To your captain for 14 years And someone who bleeds gold and black Yes Is the guy that broke his jaw In game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals And turned around and played in game 7 For you I just think Could have went out a little bit better than that, but you know, bless up to Zdeno Chara for wanting to keep playing at age forty two or forty three, however, however old he is now. Hopefully, he can get another cup with the Capitals. Um, him and Ovechkin, they're dying for that second cup. So, all the power to him, and I really hope that the Bruins made the right move by not bringing back Chara and going with the young guys, which do have a lot of promise. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm on board with them wanting to play the young guys. I just hate how, you know, it had to end with Zdeno Jara. I wish he retired as a Bruin. It just would have been really nice to see. Same thing with Brady, wanting him to retire as a Patriot. Same thing with Ortiz wanting to wanting him to retire as a Red Sox, which he did. But sports is a business at the end of the day, and management's going to make the moves that's best for their team. Sometimes fans don't like it, and a lot of us don't with the whole Brady situation. And a lot of us don't with the whole Charo situation. But like I said, that's how it's played. All right. Next topic here. Celtics need a shooter and a big man. This has been a Celtic need for, I think, five years now. Five years they've needed a shooter on the perimeter. Probably ever since Ray Allen left us, which was almost, what, seven years ago now, eight years ago. um, And a big man. Uh, I say big man because Tice, Time Lord, uh, Tristan Thompson's been a nice little addition, don't get me wrong, but the Red Red Sox, the Celtics had a great opportunity to get Miles Turner this offseason from the Indiana Pacers, and they whiffed on it. The Pacers were interested in Gordon Hayward for the longest time, and there was tons of rumors that the Pacers wanted to move on from Miles Turner for the longest time now gordon hayward is from indiana he grew up there he went to butler there he played for um coach stevens there um would a gordon hayward and miles turner trade one for one work probably not but i'm sure the wrinkles can get worked out between the two front offices it would have been super nice to flip gordon hayward and a first round draft pick call it for miles turner i think that would have been a win-win for both sides you might have had him thrown a little bit more or whatever but the pacers had the cap room and at the time they had victor oladipo so you pair him with hayward and the pacers are a nice team they're always nice and they're always muddling in the middle and is gordon hayward really going to throw him over the top absolutely not but it kind of gives them a chance to hit the reset button where gordon hayward can kind of play through the young guards that they have where he can kind of be a point forward for them meanwhile the celtics get miles turner who is a scoring big man who can rebound and play defense which is someone that they've been dying for for a long time i don't think they've had that probably since kevin garnett not that kg was much of a shooter but he had them post moves he was shimming in the post like mm -hmm. you know he would step back and hit the corner three every now and then but like That's not what we're asking Miles Turner to do here. We're just asking him to, you know, post up, face up, go attack the rim, get the rebound, slam it down, and play some killer defense. And he's pretty young, too. I mean, he was just drafted from Texas in the 2015 draft, where his first year in the league was 2015-16 season at 19. I mean, now in the 2021 season, he's still only 24, so the dude is young. And his contract is relatively good, too. So, I mean... That's the type of player that the Celtics need when you have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you got Kemble Walker, and you bring in, you got Marcus Smart. Obviously, you can't forget about him. Grant Williams, a good piece too. And you bring in Miles Turner, and I just really think it solidifies and it fits what the Celtics need, excluding their shooter needs, but their big man needs. I think Miles Turner is that perfect fit for them because of all the attributes in the components that I mentioned previously. Can a deal still get work done between the Pacers between now and the deadline? Absolutely. I mean, is it harder without Hayward? Probably, but it can still absolutely get done, especially if the situation in Indiana doesn't get better for the two sides. Moving over to the shooter side of things, I mean, the Celtics rely on Kemba, Tatum, Brown, and Smart to be their shooters, and that's not how it should be. If you look across the league over the winning teams or even competitive teams, they all have that one guy. And that one guy only who just shoots the three. They probably suck everywhere else, whether it's defense, dribbling, or whatever, or shooting a, a 21-foot two-pointer. But when you ask them to step beyond the arc, they are lights, out. And that's what the Celtics need. And you don't have to play them every game. You just need them to come in, play for probably like, what, 8 to 12 minutes and just light up the board from the three-point arc. So come playoffs, you need a clutch three or a late down in the game. You can put him in, draw up a nice play where he gets open at the top of the key and splashes one. That's what the Celtics need. That's what the Celtics had with Ray Allen. Granted, Ray Allen is a Hall of Fame shooting guard who did a uh, many of things very, very well on the court, not just three-point shooting. But I'm not asking for a Ray Allen type player. I'm just saying that the Celtics need a shooting, a legit shooting guard and not rely on the Tatum and the Brown, the Smart and the Kemba of your team to be that shooting guard for you. Like over the off season, though, Marco Bellinelli was, you know, a free agent. He's older. He's a veteran. He's... He's been in the playoffs for a while. I mean, that's the type of guy that you can bring in. Uh, JJ Redick wasn't a free agent, but, you know, he he's the type of player that you need. Someone that can come off the bench, shoot lights out, maybe create a shot if needed. You know, fill in some starting minutes here and there if needed. But mm, the Celtics just aren't making those moves that the Celtics need to make. And it's frustrating from a fan's perspective because they have good pieces surrounding them. Like I said jason tatum jalen brown marcus smart Kemba walker um grant williams i mean i hate to say it, but peyton pritchard's even starting to turn into a nice piece himself so you have the pieces on your team to be competitive you'll get the three seed you'll get the four seed or the five seed in the east whatever you'll probably win the first round the second round is going to be competitive whether you win or lose But that's probably as far as you're gonna get and it's hard to for us celtics fans after what a fifth year in a row of potentially and or getting to the eastern conference finals and losing it's like when are the decision makers danny ainge wick rosbeck going to finally decide and recognize that all right this team needs to get shaken up a little bit what we have isn't really working. What is working? Let's move on from what isn't working. Hopefully they can make a move at the deadline and see that the Celtics do have needs. And though Tristan Thompson has been a nice little surprise for us um, coming in from Cleveland, is he the answer long-term? Is he the answer short-term? Probably not. Would it be nice to have him alongside a Miles Turner or another athletic defending big man? Absolutely. Because having Tristan Thompson play the 5 all the time is going to catch up to you and bite you in the butt because at the end of the day he is a true power forward, but he is big enough and he has the experience down low at the center position and then along. Again, with the whole shooting guard, um it doesn't have to be a shooting guard. I don't care who it is. It could be a 7 foot 5 shooter who just lights out from 3. Now, is that going to be Taco Fall, you know, practicing on those corner Jays that we see in the video? I know he hit a deep two with his foot on the line for, um, I think it was against Orlando a few days ago. I don't know. I wouldn't mind it. But in all seriousness, though, the Celtics do have some needs for the past few years now that they need to address and they haven't addressed. And like I said previously, it's very frustrating for a Celtics fan such as myself, such as yourself, or even just a casual basketball fan to see that this team has good pieces around them and they're not... You know, finding the glue to keep it all together. They're not getting those final corner pieces that they need to take their team to the next level. Now, could they have beaten Miami last year if they had an answer for Bam Adebayo? Absolutely. Is Miles Turner that answer? Potentially. But we'll never know because we never made a move at the deadline last year. We won't know because we haven't traded for a Miles Turner type player or even someone who fits his bill. Um, that's all I have on the Celtics and their needs. I could ramble on and on and on about them because these have been needs for years now, and it's well known because, like I said, in crunch time, they're relying on their star players to hit that jump shot, that three-pointer, which they respectively should, but there's a time and a place where you need a knockdown shooter to execute that three-point shot. It'd be nice if the Celtics had it, It'd be nice if the Celtics had a big man that they can throw down, play some defense, or even be an offensive weapon down there so they don't have to rely on their big-name guys, uh, their big name guys, I should say, to do all the scoring for them. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this podcast episode. Um, I want to kind of keep it relatively shorter because there's going to be so much stuff to talk about coming, um, coming out of this weekend on Monday when we ta- uh, break down the AFC and the NFC Championship games. Also a super super early look at the Super Bowl as we look at the two teams that made it out of the AFC and the NFC as we prepare for that matchup in Super Bowl 55 whether it's the Bills versus Bucks, the Bills versus Packers, the Chiefs versus Bills or the Chiefs versus the Packers. We have a lot of stuff to talk about coming in on Monday. Um this podcast episode was super fun, engaging. I'm like fired up now talking about the Red Sox and the Celtics. So, whew, any thoughts, comments, anything? If you're watching on YouTube, definitely throw it down in the comment section below. If you like this video, give it a thumbs up. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it, I'm there. Definitely hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Murphs underscore at murphs underscore boston sports talk which the st stands for and hopefully hopefully we can have some good games this weekend over sunday Um, i'm definitely looking forward to it i mentioned last time my prediction my prediction is the bills and the bucks will win but with patrick mahomes now starting i might be switching over to the chiefs versus the bucks i don't know what are your guys thoughts but i'm gonna catch you in the next one but until then See ya!